Well, here we are again for another serenity break where we take five to eight minutes and and uh, spend some time together to refresh, restore, and um, refocus our minds on the things of the Lord. It's so important to do so during the day, isn't it? Uh, life gets so big and gets so demanding, and it's so easy to forget who we are in Christ and who he is to us. So let's spend a few minutes now and just pause and, and, and consider the things of the Lord. I want to talk with you about your need for a priest. Um, and his alienation, his self-appointed alienation from his creator, uh, mankind has chosen to be in a very precarious position, a place of self-imposed alienation, a place of rebellion, a place of justly deserved wrath. And so uh, fallen man needs a priest. We need a priest to reconcile us. We need a priest to preserve us. And we need a priest to bring us into the full consummation of what it is that God has intended for humanity. And Jesus is that priest. Now, Many of you are familiar, of course, with the Levitical priesthood in the Old Testament, the sacrificial priesthood, those who would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people, and most especially the high priest, who alone could go into the Holy of Holies and with blood, not of his own, but with blood, uh, the blood of bulls and goats and, and offer that, especially on the Day of Atonement, the Year of Atonement. And uh, excuse me, the Day of Atonement in which the uh, annual sacrifice was offered. And so this was a very somber, this was a very sobering thing to recognize that we needed reconciliation. We needed it on every level. So So God instituted the Levitical priesthood as a shadow, as a... um, a pointer towards Jesus and his ultimate priesthood. Hebrews chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10 do a wonderful job of setting forth Jesus' priesthood after the order, not of Aaron, but of Melchizedek. And so with the coming of Christ and his uh, priestly ministry, the Levitical priesthood, reached its fulfillment. The Levitical priesthood reached its uh, pinnacle and its fulfillment and became obsolete. So Jesus fulfilled the shadow. He became the substance. He is the reality. Now, sadly, by the second century, there were those who began to reinstitute the priesthood, and basilicas, or temple-like structures, and began to even reinstitute a sacrificing priesthood uh, for the Mass. And so we've found ourselves back again diminishing the priesthood of Christ, setting aside the priesthood of Christ, and reinstituting a sacrificing priesthood after the Levitical model. It has always been the folly of church history 
to stop short of the glory of God and to stop short of the glory that is in Christ and the fulfillment that he is in our priesthood and the in our need for a new covenant and the fulfillment that he is in that and to revert back to a old covenant, new covenant convoluting manner so that we have new wine being poured into old wineskins. And that's what happened when the so-called apostolic church fathers reinstituted the Levitical priesthood. Now, they didn't call it the Levitical priesthood. They just reinstituted it in all of its features, all of its character, and then elevated it above the people and consequently diminished and even dismissed the exclusive, unique, and final priesthood of Jesus Christ. So I'm here to tell you today that you don't need anyone in an ordained priestly position in your life. Jesus' priesthood is sufficient for you. The Bible teaches clearly that there is one mediator between God and man. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. It's a glorious thing. That's the saddest thing, is that when we look to other priests, and no matter how they rationalize it, I mean, there's theologians who do a a very skillful job of rationalize the, rationalizing the ordained priesthood. And by the way, that even includes the elevated clergy. Anybody who puts himself between you and Christ and says you must come through them is not of God. Period. That's just not how it works. We must take Jesus seriously and take his priesthood seriously. Hebrews chapter 7, for example, tells us, quote, verse 18, The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope introduced by which we draw near to God. See, the question is, is how do we draw near to God? Verse 20, And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, But he, Jesus, became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. And then dropping down to verse 23, Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is your priest, just as he is your king and your prophet. As Lord and Savior, he holds all of these offices. We need no elevated clergy. We don't need clergy people telling us that we have to come through them to receive blessing or acceptance. He says quite clearly here that he lives forever and has a permanent priesthood. 
Such a high priest truly meets our need, he says in verse 26. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other priests, he need not to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. Thanks be to God. We have a high priest, and we need only to come to him and to him alone, who ever lives to make intercession for you, for both your salvation, your preservation, and one day the full consummation of all God intends for you. Amen.